Well, good morning and welcome to First Church. It is so good to have you back for this third week of our sermon series called Kingdom Come. And say it with me, Kingdom Come. If you are new with us this morning, we want to especially welcome you. We pray that you feel right at home. So the scripture passage for today is 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18, beginning in verse 41. Uh, as you're turning there, today is a special day, as you already know, in the Twipel household. Uh, um, it's my birthday, and uh, um, uh, happy birthday to me. The big 3-5, I'm always looking forward to uh, turning 35. Uh, it's like the final entrance into manhood is complete. <laughs> I made it, but... Uh, Honestly, uh, in January, uh, there was some doubts um, that I wouldn't even make uh, 35. <laughs> I am so grateful to the Lord for seeing me through and sparing my life. Every day is a, simple, uh, is a special day. Because I am alive. But, but birthdays will take on a special significance from here on out. I never think of them the same again. And I'm eternally grateful for the life he has blessed me with. First, yeah, that's right. Yes, that's right. Uh, what you are doing, uh, what you are doing in this series, uh, is uh, taking a look at four aspects of the kingdom come. Four aspects that, when they uh, would appear, uh, uh, you can be sure that the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven: presence, power, prayer, and pe uh, peacemaking. Let's get that together: presence, presence power. power. Prayer and peacemaking. Today, we're going to be looking at prayer. If you have your Bibles with you, as Pastor Andrew mentioned, we are reading from 1 Kings chapter 18, starting in verse 41. We're following the life of Elijah, and so here we have another famous story. This is what the Word of God says for the people of God. And Elijah said to Ahab, Go, eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground, put his face between his knees. Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. Oh, there's nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back. The seventh time the servant reported a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot, go down before the rain stops you. <laughs> Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds, the wind rose, a heavy rain started falling, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah, and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. The first point uh, is your naked notes is the power of prayer. 
the power of prayer. Immediately preceding this passage is the famous passage in which Elijah confronts all the prophets of Baal. From morning till evening, Baal's prophets plead with him to answer their prayers and to, uh, to, to send fire out for heaven. They cut and they slash themselves with swords and spears until the blood flowed freely. But there was no answer. They only got silence. Then is was Elijah's turn. <laughs> he repaired the altar, doused the altar with water, and prayed to the God of Israel. And I want you to check out this prayer. Often, uh, uh, we have to have some sort of elegant type of prayer uh, where God, uh, oh, uh, God will only hear us if we look good and we sound good. But looking at Elijah's prayer, 58 words, 29 seconds, two sentences. This is what the Lord says. Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel, that I am your servant, and I have only done what you at your command. Answer me, Lord. Answer me. Those that these people would know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. And the fire of the Lord fell. Not only did it burn up the sacrifice, but the wood and the soil and the stones and the water, nothing was left. <laughs> the people are amazed. <laughs> they would only declare the Lord he is God. The Lord, he is God. He reminds me of an old uh, story about an old lumberjack. Every year, the uh, old lumberjack would uh, win the competition that uh, uh, who saw the most wood. And every year, somewhat young buck would try to dethrone the champion only to be met with defeat. So the context came up again, and there was another strong, strapping young man who was sure that he'd complete the old lumberjack. So they set out on the competition, and it wasn't longer before the old man had to take a break and stop for a while. In fact, every 45 minutes or so, the old man would have to take a break to catch his breath. To, to almost if, if you were sleeping. The old man, uh, the young man thought he had this in the bag. Not, uh, not only was he bigger and stronger, but he didn't, didn't need a break to keep going. At about six hours, time was up on a competition. They, they began counting the wood. Amazingly, the, what all was said and done the old young lumberjack had far outpaced the young one. The young one was astonished. I spent six hours laboring over his woodpile without taking a break, and you over there sleeping every 45 minutes. How is that possible? The old lumberjack smiled sheepishly 
And he said, is that what you thought what I was doing? I wasn't taking a break. I wasn't taking a nap. No, not at all. I was sharpening my saw. <laughs> I was sharpening my saw. Every time we go to the Lord in prayer, we are sharpening our saw. It's tapping into the true source of power. Amen. Amen. And the second thing we see in this passage is the importance of prevailing prayer. Yes. You see, in this passage, Elijah gets up on the mount, putting his head between his knees and says, go back. <laughs> oh, there's nothing there. The servant says, go back. Go back, go back. Seven times he says, go back, go back until a cloud begins to gather. That is prevailing prayer, my friends. Now, prayer is the only weapon we have at our disposal that unleashes God's blessings upon his people. It is the key that unlocks God's purposes on earth. It is the force that pierces the darkness. It is the great capital on earth by which God advances his work. It is the channel that God uses to recreate his broken down world and to bring about things that are not. Prayer is not only a weapon. It's not only a force and a power. It is also the language of our soul. Without prayer, our spirit becomes frail, completely powerless and cold. The great need today in the church is not just for people who will be organizers. It's for people who will be agonizers, who will partner with him in the redemption uh, in his saving work, redeeming people around the nation through the work of intercession, partnering with the life-giving spirit who lives eternally to make intercession through us, and partnering with Jesus Christ himself who sits at the right hand of the Father, living to pray for you and for me. If prayer is anything, it is everything. And if it is everything, then it ought to be the main business of our day until we see his purposes come to fruition. God has given us the keys to the kingdom, which can only be unlocked through fervent, intercessory, incessant prayer. Now, Today, there's a lot of discussion about prayer strategies, just like there's a lot of discussion about all sorts of strategies. And you can talk about all sorts of different prayer strategies, but let me tell you the only one that will work, the only prayer strategy that works is prevailing prayer. There's no right way to pray. There's no right, it's not a magical word you say. It is being on your knee until it comes to pass. And this is what Elijah is showing us. Go back. Go back. There's nothing there. Go back. Go back until it comes. This is prevailing prayer. It's what the old saints of ages past used to call praying through. Yes. Praying through. Now, you know, I, I, I feel like sometimes we forget those old treasures of ages past. We got to find new strategies, but we got to recover that one. Praying through until something happens. You know, the the the. Men and women who turned their world upside down for Christ were gripped by the vision of prevailing prayer. They will not quit. They did not relent until God answered them. Hell, the promises they obtained, the powers of darkness that were subdued, the individual lives that were saved were transformed not by strategies nor programs, 
They came as a result of sacrificial, intercessory, costly prayer. Churches that pray together grow together. Families are blessed. Individuals are blessed. Pastors are blessed. Communities are blessed. For Jesus himself said, this shall be called a house of prayer. And it's a prophecy from, old, from Isaiah. This shall be called a house of prayer. And Mike Green, one of the leaders behind the missional movement, has compared the discipleship of the church to the motor of a car. Just like a car can't go anywhere without a motor, well, neither can the church advance without discipleship. That's exactly right. But if discipleship is the motor, then prayer is the gas tank. And you got to fill it up regularly or you won't go very far. And that's exactly what prayer does in the church. It fills us up. It renews our strength. It gives us power from on high to go and fulfill our destiny and purpose in life. How for a church that prays together shall be filled together. But a prayerless church is a powerless church. And a powerless church is an anemic church. And so we need the prayers of God's people to be together, united in one accord. 120 people gathered in the early church. The Holy Spirit fell upon them. 3,000 people were added to, that, to their number that day. I wonder what could God do with 500 of us praying in one accord, crying out for his glory to fall upon us. What could he do with a whole church that seeks his face above everything else? How many would be added to our numbers? Ooh, what is prevailing prayer? Prevailing prayer is Abraham, who moved on God when God was about to destroy Sodom for their great sin and said, you will not destroy the wicked and the righteous. Far it be from you, Lord, he said. Far be it from you to do such thing. And as long as Abraham stood, Abraham received. The whole land could have been spared if he would have kept asking. But he stopped asking. I wonder how many of us are willing to do the same for our land. Prevailing prayer is Jacob who wrestled with an angel all night long and cried out, I will not let you go. I will not let you go until, say until, until, until you bless me, he says. I will not let you go. We are the Jacobs that will not let God go until he blesses your family. Prevailing prayer is Moses who interceded on behalf of a rebellious nation and said to God, oh, what a great sin they have committed. But now, please, Lord, forgive them. But if not, then blot me out of your book. And God relented. This was confirmed in Psalm 106, 23, when he says, so God said he would destroy them had not it been for Moses who stood in the breach before him. We are the Moses in our midst who will dare lay down their lives for the sake of their friends, their family, the communities, and cry out to God, Oh, Lord, forgive us. Forgive us, oh God. I am willing to lay down my life for my people. Who? Prevailing prayer is Elisha, saying to Elijah, I want a double portion. I'm not going anywhere until I get it. I will have it. I want it. I will not sit down until I get it, no matter what it takes. I want a double portion. Did he get it? He got it. That is prevailing prayer. Prevailing prayer is Esther crying out, if I perish, I perish, but I will go. I will pay the price. I will fast for my people. I will cry out. I will risk everything, but I want 
God to show up and save us. It's Joseph praying in a dungeon until he was delivered and set free. It is Jehoshaphat calling the entire nation of Judah to pray and fast and seek the help of God. And God intervened in their midst without using a single weapon. Who victory without a battle? Talk about somebody who was willing. It's Ezra weeping, lamenting until he pulled the nation back on course. It's Jeremiah weeping day and night for his people. Who Bible history shows us over and over and over again that absolutely nothing is accomplished without prevailing prayer. John Knox is well known for having said, Lord, give me Scotland or I die. Give me Scotland or I die. Where are the people that will say the same thing? Give me Kankakee or I die. Where are those who will say, give me the United States or I die. Who less known is Mary, Queen of Scots, who having seen him at work said, Who I fear the prayers of John Knox more than all the assembled armies in all Europe. It is this refusal to stop. It's this refusal to quit praying that the enemy fears the most. And that's why he fights prayer so much in the church. Jan McIntosh penned a beautiful poem titled, What Satan Fears Most. And this is what she eloquently wrote. What Satan fears most is a man and woman on his knees. Now vast marching armies with great weaponry. He knows he can stand against the power of man. To engage us in battle, smears poor to him. But a man on his knees, with his head bowed in prayer, is something quite different to the prince of the air. That's why Satan fears most a man on his knees and will keep him trembling if our prayers never cease. If our prayers never cease. Incessant, fervent intercessory prayer that's all it takes that's all it takes folks where are those who will hear the call to pray where are those that will stand in the gap so that the holy spirit may come so that a great revival will be poured out you know we have received drops of mercy i have seen the clouds gathering but i want the outpour i want the outpouring of the spirit i want a downpour on our midst and i will not quit until it happens I will not leave this place until it happens. And so I would, if the Lord is calling, all it takes is two or three gathered together in his name. But if the Lord is knocking on the door of your heart, calling you to become one of those who will be, be a partner in him in this great mission to rescue the lost, then you better answer because great things are coming your way. Ooh, man, <laughs> your family shall be blessed. Your whole church shall be blessed. And that is what God is looking for, men and women who would dare believe in him that the impossible can be made possible through those who will not relent through prevailing prayer. The third thing, if you're taking notes, is the purpose of prayer. The purpose of prayer. Elijah, uh, the reason that Elijah was so certain that it was going to rain was not because there were storm clouds in the sky. He, uh, he, he, uh, he knew the Father's heart. He knew the Father's heart. When Jesus taught us to pray, he uh, began with two important words. Our Father, our Father, Abba, Father. 
How many of you uh, uh, this morning are grandparents? Let me see a uh, show of hands. Okay, good, good, uh, good uh, groups today. If you are grandparents, think to yourself about what your grandkids call you. For Lucas, he's got the full arsenal going on. For Dad, he calls uh, he calls him Papa. For Mom, Gramine or just Grandma. <laughs> uh, for Rute, Simone's mom, uh, he calls her Bobo, uh, Portuguese for grandmas. <laughs> and for uh, Simone's dad, uh, his maternal grandfather, he calls him Abu. Abu. Very similar to the word Abba. It's an Arabic word that is often translated daddy or dada. Uh, in fact, uh, every uh, this is my favorite time in Sophia's life right now because everything is dada. <laughs> Daddy is dada. Mommy is dada. <laughs> Lucas is dada. Even their favorite foods are dada. <laughs> when you, uh, your child is young and helpless and they look at you and say dada or mama, it just melts your heart, doesn't it? Why? Because you know the pureness of their intention. What do you want? What do your little children want when they say "dada"? Just that, "dada." They're not interested in anything else. What kind of job dad has? How much money dad makes? What sort of what sort of things dad to do with them? Uh, that all comes soon enough, doesn't But he, a young child says, Dada, he just wants Dada. It's the same way for us. Hey, Tim Keller says it this way. When the Holy Spirit comes in, something new happens. It's a new kind of language. There's a new kind of prayer. It's primal. It's distinctive. It's just, just a desire for God himself. You didn't have it before. You're just after him. All you want is your dad. And this is what Jesus says. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray in synagogue and on the street corners, but you be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. In other words, uh, their prayers are not focused on their relationship, but on the results. Not on, seen, uh, not on being seen by the Father, but on being seen by men. And just uh, this church can be a little bit frightening because look at fr uh, uh, Jesus defines a hypocrite. You and I find a hypocrite as someone who praises God on Saturday, uh, Sunday, but ignores him on Monday through Sunday, uh, through Saturday. A pastor who is unfaithful to his wife, a board member who embezzles funds. But Jesus doesn't uh, choose any of these examples. Jesus says a hypocrite is someone who prays to be seen in public 
but doesn't actually want to spend time with the fathers. Prayers that are focused on the, uh, on, the uh, on the results and not on the relationship. Uh, for too long, um, that was me. It was not intentional. It's just got too busy. It was so many things to do and so little time. And you know exactly how things go, exactly what is sacrifice first. Well, I, I, I didn't get very prayed today. I'll make up for it tomorrow. But tomorrow comes and it's just as busy as today. So we make excuses. I, I, I led prayer meeting. I, 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 that has to count for something. I told a lot of people I would pray for them. That's kind of like praying for them, isn't it? But day after day, week after week, month after month, and year after year, the cycle continues. In January of 2018, this year, my word came crashing down. I said before, God doesn't cause brain cancer. Brain cancer. He is far too good to me, and I trust him with my life. No, he doesn't cause it, but he can use everything Amen. for the greater good. And on that hospital bed... I had a whole lot of time to think and reflect and the, uh, and uh, 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 and those uh, as as I sat there to conviction swept over me all the times when I was too tired to pray all the times when I prayed for, I, I, I promised and pray for somebody and then for God all the times when I led prayer meeting publicly but out spending time in prayer privately. All the times that I forgot that prayer is a relationship, not a transactions. I humbled myself before God and asked for, her, for, uh, for their forgiveness. And because as, as a good, good father, and he wants to get good, good gift to these children. Of course, he said yes. <laughs> he reminded us me of these words. When you pray, go into your room, go into your prayer closet, and close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father, who is seen, uh, who is seen what is done in secret, will reward you. Because you're not after anything else. You're only after him. Mm. You're only after him, after his power, after his presence, after his glory. All you want in the Father's hearts, all you want is him.
You know, we just got back from the prayer conference in Texas. And so speaking about prayer seems almost natural after three days of intensive hearing about the power of prayer. Um, but prayer has truly been our lifeline. Uh, and this church has been paving the way for nine years for the Spirit of God to move in supernatural ways in our midst. And I believe that God is going to do it in His way, in His time. We are just to simply believe that He will and partner with Him in this ministry of prayer. Now, I know that in a group like this size, there's uh, some of you who are wondering, well, you're talking about the power of prayer, prevailing prayer, all this awesomeness about prayer, but I don't know how to pray. You know, the only way you will learn to pray is by praying. You cannot attend enough conferences. You cannot read enough books about praying. You cannot hear enough sermons on prayer. The only way to learn is by praying. And it all, all it takes is five minutes. But sometimes you say, well, you know, it's like I don't, I don't, it's like I'm speaking against walls. Well, you have to allow time for God to strip the flesh, invite you into his presence, and allow now the communion of his spirit to resonate in yours. It takes time to enter into his presence. So begin with five minutes a day and ask him, Lord, increase my desperation, increase my hunger, increase my thirst for you. Take me deeper. I've been, you know, right here, but I want to go deeper with you. Take me, Lord. Increase my hunger. And he will do it. He will answer that prayer <laughs> because that's his desire too. He wants you to know him more. He wants you to enter into an intimate relationship with him because he has the best interest in mind for you. And so he wants to share that with you. Perhaps uh, there are some of you that have said, you know, I've, I've been a prayer warrior before. But the business, business of every day and, and just, you know, the discouragement of, not, of unanswered prayers. It, you know, it, it's just a, I'm, I'm not where I used to be. Well, let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit wants to renew your commitment today. The Holy Spirit is calling you to continue to believe in all things are possible for those who continue to believe against all hope. And then there's others of you who are super fresh from the prayer conference. And you are like, yes, I can continue to stand in the gap for Kankakee County. I can continue to stand in the gap for the tribals. I can continue to stand in the gap for the church because I want the Holy Spirit to break in. I want more of him. I, we want the Holy Spirit to just do his ministry in our midst. So there's a, a variety of us when it comes to the prayer line. The good thing is that God is just interested in one thing here. He's just interested in your willingness to say, yes, take me deeper. Yes, teach me how to pray. The disciples themselves didn't even know how to pray. And they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. So there's different platforms and different ministry opportunities for you to practice and exercise um, your gift in the prayer ministry. We have a prayer ministry and prayer meeting on Wednesdays. And as the prayer pastor, well, I'm biased, don't know, you know, but I, I just love prayer meetings on Wednesday nights. It's almost like a mini service. Uh, yeah, we praise the Lord, we worship, we pray, of course, but we also have a time of ministry for one another. And so that's Wednesday nights. 
And then every single day, from Monday to Friday, we gather here in the sanctuary to pray, to cry out to the Lord from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. And if you are available and you want to come and join your voices, come and join the people that are here crying out for the Lord to come and revive the church and move in us and transform us into glory from glory from glory until we're deeper and lower and his name can rise higher and higher. It's all about him. And so if you want more and the Lord is pricking at your heart because I know the spirit is like right here, right now. And I know that he is convicting and I know that he is pressing. You see, we don't act under compulsion. We don't act under, under regret or fear. No, we, we act under conviction. Lord convicted me. Now I have to act in obedience. And so if that's you today and the Lord has been convicting you and saying, yes, I want you to step it up a notch on your prayer life. Whatever that looks like. I just want you to stand today. We always have altar calls and to pray. But today, I just want to release a, a special prayer upon the people that have heard the call to pray. Because see, praying is, is a call. You got to answer it. And if the Lord is saying, yes, I want you to step it up a notch in your prayer life. And I want to begin with you and teach you how to pray. Then I want you to stand. And I want you to remain standing so I can pray a special blessing upon all of us. <laughs> to receive more from him and to help us to cultivate what it means to pray without ceasing, what it means to stand in the gap for people until it happens, what it means to prevail in prayer, what it means to pray through. The only way to do it is to pray through. And so, Father, you see the beautiful people, God. You see, Father, God, their hearts. You know everything about us. You know our past. You know our present. You know our future. You know our families, you know our burdens, you know our desires, you know our minds, you know our hearts, you know absolutely everything, nothing escapes you, Lord. But Holy Spirit, oh, Father, we come before you, Lord, now just entering into that precious, precious space in this place that is sacred, Lord, that is absolutely, Lord, covered by your grace, asking, Lord, that you will just give us more, increasing our hunger, Increasing our desperation. Helping us, Lord, to partner with you in the ministry of intercession. Until your purposes are fulfilled on the earth. Yes. Oh, Holy Spirit. Invite us in, Lord. Invite us. Give us a vision of your glorious throne, Lord. Invite us into that precious place, Lord, where all we can see is you. And we are consumed by your fire, Lord. We are consumed by your presence, God. We are revived in our bones. Oh, we begin to, Lord, sing hallelujah, Lord, to your name. Because you are good, Lord. Because you are here, God. Because you are good to me. Because you're good to us. Because you're not finished with us yet. Because you have more for us, Lord. Oh, Holy Spirit, increase the level of faith in the atmosphere. Unleash, Lord, unleash your spirit of power upon us, Lord. Unleash the spirit of revival in our midst, oh God. And come, Holy Spirit, Lead us, Lord. Lead us, Lord. Lead us, Lord. Lead us, Lord. Oh, God. Help us, Father God, to know what it means, Lord, to live sacrificial lives. Lay down lives for the sake of your kingdom, Lord. Oh, Father, we have talked about kingdom on earth. Kingdom come. And we begin, Lord, by asking you to allow us to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, Father, we bless you, Lord. I pray right now for my brothers and sisters, for my friends that have come, Lord, here. Bless them, Lord. Bless their families. Bless their individual lives. 
Bless their prayer lives, Father God. Reveal yourself to us in a new way. Reveal your power and your majesty in our midst. And come, Holy Spirit, do whatever you want to do in our lives, Lord. We give it all. We lay down, Lord, our lives for you. Take us deeper, Father. In Jesus' name.